For all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf from the Warhammer Worlds, I'm your host Patrick, and tonight we've got a pretty awesome show. We're going to be talking about the Order Grand Alliance, specifically Daughters of Cain and Fire Slayers, and we've got a couple of awesome guests that are going to be joining us here uh, real soon. But hey, before we get into that, I want to thank everybody for, for joining us here tonight on Grimdark Live, and if you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. And let your friends know about us. Please uh, pass the show on to other folks that may be interested in this type of uh, content and, and help us grow. Uh, and we really appreciate uh, your help. Uh, and also, in tonight's conversation, we're going to be talking about uh, armies and their respective lists. So if you, you have a list that you'd like to share, leave it in the chats or comments on the sections uh, uh, of the notes below. And uh, we will definitely uh, address those as we, uh, as we roll along here. So, again, thank you very, very much uh, for joining us tonight. And let's get, uh, let's get the show going. But all right, you dice, chuck, and glue, sniffing gamer goons, here we go tonight. We're going to be talking about two armies in the Order Grand Alliance. And, and we're also going to be looking back at uh, Armed Forces Day, or as we like to call it, AFD-5, our fifth year of this tournament that just wrapped up uh, this past, at the end of July. And we're going to be talking with two great guests on the show. And I'm going to introduce them. we got Cheryl and Kevin Kukowski. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hello. I really, uh, I really want to thank you guys very much for being with us. And Cheryl and Kevin, um, so, so you're here to talk about uh, not only your, your lists and, and kind of your, uh, your, you know, what you played in AFD and maybe some of the things you might have changed or kept the same, but you're going to talk to us about tactics and kind of your, your overall uh, experience uh, in the hobby, yeah? Yeah, I'm yeah. ready for it. Nice, nice, very cool. And, you know, I want to put this out there. You know, I know you guys uh, have, a, have an awesome gaming club, the South Bend Age of Sigmar Club. Uh, is that, that's the official name, correct? That is the official name. Awesome. All right, very good. As much as anything is official. There, well, hey, man, you know, you guys got an awesome logo. And we're going to be showing the logo here in, in, in a little bit later on in the show, folks. So for you guys joining us live and watching us, uh, uh, actually, you're only seeing my ugly face. These two good-looking people are kind of hid behind the, uh, the, 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 the dark there. So you're going to have to just look at my ugly mug for a while. But uh, they got nice voices. Listen to that. Um, <laughs> But uh, so so we're going to be uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, that. But also, I want to thank you guys because you guys are with the South Bend Age of Sigmar and usually you game on Tuesdays. So thank you very That's much correct. for yes. taking time out of your game night uh, to chat with us here on uh, on Grimdark Live. So I go ahead. I, I certainly hope that if our group is listening right now, that they're at least playing as they're listening. Yeah. You know what? I I I think I think they will. I think I think they're listening, and uh, hopefully we're not cursing them and rolling a lot of ones. I hope there's I hope it's all sixes. Hey, South Bend Age of Sigmar, all sixes tonight, folks. All sixes. Yeah. Um, so so here we are. Uh, you guys had five games over two days at our at AFD five, and I thought it was good to have a conversation on your list, Cheryl. Uh, you know, you played Daughters of Cain. Uh, you took best order. Way to go. I did. Nice job. Thank you. And, uh, and Kevin, Fire Slayers. I mean, uh, yes. and, and it appears you had some real solid games. I mean, you were brawling in there. And uh, yeah, it was it was a tough, tough lineup for me. But yeah. 
well, you, you know what? You, you, you did you did awesome, man. And, and I thought you really held it together really well. And, and you know, you, your games were all were all a fistfight in a phone booth, man. You, you held it in right. there the entire time. Um, and here later on the show, uh, we will have a discussion uh, of, of your lists, your tournament play and your thoughts so far. Now that we're kind of rested out with with AOS 3.0 season one with the new general's handbook. Uh, but before we get into that, let's let's chat for a second on YouTube. I mean, how did you guys and, and, and either one of you start first? How did you guys both get into the hobby uh, into Age of Sigmar? Well, for specifically into the hobby, I've been playing miniatures games for 20 years. Um, I started with 40K and uh, Warhammer Fantasy way back in the day and um, moved into Malifaux after uh, 40K 7th edition. And um, then after Malifaux kind of uh, lost some favor with that game, then I found Age of Sigmar. And actually, it's kind of funny because my first Age of Sigmar army is Carriage and Overlords. And I collected them before I was even planning on playing Age of Sigmar. <laughs> because when they first revealed steampunk sky pirate dwarves right how can i pass that up you know what and no and and it's a good thing that you stuck with them but you're, you're kind of still sticking with dwarves but anyways i i interrupted you so go ahead so um i had that army at least a year and a half before i even rolled dice in age of sigmar because i just wanted those models and uh then i said you know what i have this huge collection i want to actually play with it so then that's when I started getting people together and like, hey, let's try this Age of Sigmar game, see what it's all about. And really, the rest is kind of history. Like, you know, it's very much, I got a bunch of people together for a very selfish reason, because I wanted to play Age of Sigmar. And the more I played this game, the more I loved it. And now it's very much my main game. Nice. Nice. Very cool. Well, obviously, you know what, you definitely know what you're doing. I mean, you're, you're a hell of a player. I mean... What, Cheryl, what about yourself? How did you get involved in, in Age of Sigmar? Um, so, sort of back to Kevin's history, since he's been playing forever, when we first started dating is when he introduced me into this whole gaming world. I had no idea what this world was before Kevin slowly introduced me to it. And he started by um, bringing me to the game nights and they were playing um, Warhammer Old World. I don't know what it was called back then. The oh, Old World. Equivalent. Yeah, War, Warhammer Fantasy Battles, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And seeing like all these Bretonian tanks moving across the board and slants, like lightning and stuff. And that was really cool. And he knew exactly how to hook, line, and synchro me into the universe. Um, he did it through 40K, and I, I'm, a, I'm a scientist, so I really like DNA and stuff. And he showed me Tyranids and explained their lore and their background. And it was like hook, line, and synchro right then and there. Um, so I went started with 40K, then I went through. Malifaux together, and then we flipped over to AOS, and I really like elves, so that's how I got drawn to Daughters of Cain, was the, the elf aesthetic. Right. Really drew me in. That's awesome. That, I mean, so, so let, me, let me kind of take a left turn to Albuquerque here. I mean, you know, Malifaux, I've heard a lot of people, Malifaux is a strange game to me, and I don't play it, but a lot of people either love it or, like you guys, they've walked from it. What was your, I mean, just real quickly, what was your, what, what, what about that game kind of made you go, eh, maybe not today? Well, it was more our relationship with the company. Um, we were very much very active in the broader community. And um, we had some, I mean, not to, I don't want to sling any mud or anything, but we just had some disagreements with how the company handled some things. And that just kind of soured our relationship overall with the game. Um, so we started looking elsewhere. 
Yeah. And, and I guess I'm going to give everyone here a, a kind of a peek behind the curtain with your 40K because, you know, so, so Cheryl, do you still play Tyranids? Um, no, I haven't picked them up in years now. They're still sitting on my shelf, but ah. I've got, so okay. AOS taken for the frontline priority. You know what? That's kind of my, mind. that's kind of my thing too. I, I've got Imperial Knights. I've got a lot of Knights. Uh, I, I love, I love the army, um, but I, I only have time for one of one game. And I, yeah, I, I gravitated more towards uh, uh, AOS. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll play 40K at the drop of the hat and get my head kicked in because, you know, I'm just a terrible 40K player because I don't play it a lot. But I play Knights. It's a good training wheels army. That's what drew me to it. And I'm, I'm an electrical engineer. So something about the whole mm-hmm. mechanicus mm-hmm. and all that kind of, kind of you know, it made sense to me. I think it's interesting, you know, you, you're, you being a scientist, you know, you found your way to, uh, to Tyranids. That makes sense. But Kevin. Death Guard? You got to explain that <laughs> yeah. one, man. You got to explain so, that. I always liked the the Nurgle aesthetic, like going all the way back to like the Chaos 3.5 Codex, um, way back in fourth uh, edition, third edition. There was so much like of that biomechanical look to it, and it had just like it was gross and like everything about it was just so weird. And that always, like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a weird guy. So it really drew me to it, that, that whole aesthetic. And so Death Guard very much, like, and there weren't, and to be fair, there weren't any dwarves when I started playing 40K. Okay. So. Right. There were no, yeah, squats weren't a thing. They, they were they were done, like, 6th edition, I believe. Yeah, the squats, squats were gone before I started playing because they got removed after 2nd edition. Okay. Um, okay. And, um, but, yeah, so they weren't a thing. Um, so I really, I, I played Death Guard for as, just about as long as I was playing, uh, 40k and, uh, I played Chaos Demons, so obviously Mono Nurgle, um, I played a lot of Imperial Guard and, but yeah, like overall it was, uh, I just always loved the look of Death Guard. I loved their story. Yeah. I liked everything about them. And so to this day, I still play Death Guard. Yeah, I, I think I think whether it's 40k or Age of Sigmar, and, and folks, by the way, this is an Age of Sigmar show, but you know, we just we want. I, I, I my fault. I took a left turn at Albuquerque, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, whether it's 40k or Age of Sigmar, I'm not kidding you. I think the best storylines in the game, and this goes back to Warhammer Fantasy Battles as well, is on Nurgle. I think the I, way they write for Nurgle, I think, is absolutely fantastic in in, in either in either game. Now, that's just one man's opinion, but but mm-hmm. that's I I think that's a definite. Um, but let, let's get back to the, uh, let's get back to the game. We're really here to talk about. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So at, at this past AFD, um, I do want to say this at this past AFD, we, we had partners of war, you know, Steve and Tracy Tasek, uh, they, they, were, they were there at the tournament. Um, and, and I, I think I want to, I want to throw the gauntlet down on this one. I think we need to set up a battle Royal between the Tasek's and uh, the Kukarskis. What do you think? Oh, that'd be fun. I'm into it. I'm into it. I, so, so Steve, Tracy, if you guys aren't listening, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the, 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 the guy that sets this up here. I'm, I'm going to be the carnival barker out here, setting up the grudge match, uh, between, between you guys. And, and we're going to, we're going to put this on some type of battle report. So we're going to get this thing set up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We definitely have to do that. That would be, we could totally do that. That would be That'd totally be awesome. We're, we're, and you know, we, we, we're going to figure this out, man. And you know, we're going to try to get it sponsored by Barnaby's Pizza. Folks, that's a side joke between yeah. us. <laughs> uh, they, 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 they have something that I, I greatly desire over there in, in South Bend. They, they have Barnaby's Pizza. And I'm from Chicago. And they have good pizza out there. So I, uh, sorry. See, there's my ADHD again, guys. Cheryl, Kevin, I'm sorry. <laughs> I completely did this to you again. Um, 
So, but but coming off of AFD, you know, you guys are having your own tournament coming up uh, out there with the right. South Bend yep. Age of Sigmar. So, so talk to us a little bit about that. What do you, what do you got cooking? So, uh, I'm a local TO for the Age of Sigmar events here, and uh, we're running. We run a tournament for Age of Sigmar every other month here in South Bend. Uh, we alternate with the 40K group, so they run on our off months, and uh, we're doing a prize supported, paid, paint required event. It's going to be ITC submitted, all that stuff. Um, great terrain, great. I, I paint most of the terrain, um, and yeah, it's it's just gonna be a really good time. Like we have a really good stable of competitive players in our in our group, and a lot of great hobbyists. There'd be hobby points awarded. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be a really good time, and we there's plenty of room left if anyone wants to take the drive. Well, I, I think we're definitely gonna do that. I know some of the grim dark goons are. We'll, we'll make that trip and, and get out there and roll some dice with you, awesome people. Uh, but you got to promise we go to Barnaby's. That's it. That's hey, it. right there downtown. We can make it happen. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. But all right, folks, here's the, uh, I'm really excited for this conversation. You know, Kevin, Cheryl, thank you guys so much for being with us tonight. And we're, we're going to have a great conversation, but before you get into that, here's the proverbial question I want to ask you on tonight's show. Are you guys staying true or are you, are you sniffing glue? What do we got happening? Oh, staying true. All right, Kevin, you're up, man. What do you got? What do you got happening okay. right now? What are you doing out there? So, Tournaments or hobby? Well, right now it's hobby. Um, my next big tournament is going to be Machine GT, which I'm already done and painted for my Fire Slayers. Cool. So right now I'm working on my passion project, which is my Cruel Boys. Uh-huh. Um, I'm putting hours and hours into each individual model. And so I want this army to be my magnum opus of hobby. Oh, that is really cool. That is really cool. So, so I mean, that's a switch. You, you, we, we, we almost need to have like we can almost do a full conversation on like the psychosis of the type of armies that Kevin plays. You know, forty k, forty k. You've got Death Guard. Then over here, you, you know, you've got Fire Slayers. And all of a sudden, where the heck did the Cruel Boys come from? No, and I own the whole Death Action too. So don't even like we we can really explore that. Okay, but so no, so you're but, a fellow junkie like I am. Got it. All right, yeah. fine. But the Cruel Boys, when they first, I didn't have much interest in destruction. But when they first showed the Cruel Boys, I was like, that's my army. Because, like, they're very, like, Lord of the Rings style, like, mm-hmm. low cunning, like, these cruel looking orcs. Like, they're cruel, cruel, cruel boys, obviously. But, like, they really look like how I want orcs to look. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Um, I just not, I'm going to have to, I got to do this self, selfless plug here. You know, uh, we talked about two armies tonight, Courage and Overlords and Cruel Boys. Uh, uh, Grimdark Live, we broke both of those armies before they were even ever known on the street. So, uh, well, good job. You, you uh, yeah, we, we told everyone dwarves are getting boats. They didn't believe us. And we said we we're going to get skinny orcs. And everyone said, nah, it's going to be femur. And we went, nope. But, you know, but hey, you know what? Here, here it is right here. We got it. I, I love that. That's, that's such a, that's a twist. All right. So, so Cheryl, what about you, man? You staying true? You sniffing glue? I probably lean more towards the sniffing glue side of things. I'm a really, really slow hobbyist. Like, I will spend hours and hours thinking about how I want to do something before I even, like, pick up a paintbrush. <laughs> and then I'll spend, like, an hour on a couple models and paint, like, a real small section. Like, last night I spent an hour painting, and I painted two poles of the my luminous uh, wardens that I have in front of me paint, my painting desk right now. Sweet. So I'm a very, very slow painter and very sort of methodical. So my pace looks more like stiff and glue you than know the what? lightning speed that Kevin runs through. 
I, uh, I, I, I look like I drink the glue because honestly, I don't, I don't know if you heard me say this before, but I literally paint like a blind one arm drunk that fell off a tilt whirl. I am a terrible, <laughs> a terrible painter. And, uh, but you know what? I, I try. Um, I, I really do. I try, but, uh, I, yeah, right now I'm, I'm actually for once, I'm not sniffing glue. I'm actually, I'm actually staying true to it. Oh. I, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm touching up, uh, my, uh, my destruction armies because I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm in kind of a quandary here, guys. That's a good word. That's a good word. I'm going to say that again. Okay. I'm, I'm in the, I'm in okay. a quandary here and I need your guys help because you know, you guys are going to go to Michigan GT. I went to that mm-hmm. last year. Can't make it this year, unfortunately. You got some other obligations. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to be there. Jeff, you know, Bill Kim, you guys are awesome people. Uh, have a great tournament. Um, and, and you know what? And and these guys coming, they're killers. So be ready for them. Um, mm-hmm. my, but I, I'm really focused right now, hardcore, on the, 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 the U.S. Open that's happening here in Chicago. Are you guys going to go to that in October? We're going to uh, visit. We're going to come able visit. To play. Okay. All right. I'll tell you what, since, since, since you, since you're going to do that, let me know when you guys are coming in. I'm playing in it. Uh, but okay, okay. Maybe, but maybe one of the, um, maybe one of the, the, the evenings after the, well, I'm going to take you to a restaurant called oven grinders or somewhere around there for some good pizza. We'll, Ooh. we'll, we'll, uh, okay. we'll, we'll have some fun. Um, all right. but, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm hyper-focused on that tournament. And, and you know, what's funny is, is I seem to be in that weird state where like, I, I, you know, I really want to start competing heavily again and I love mm-hmm. a good tournament mm-hmm. And so I'm, I've been doing a lot of uh, kind of touching up and painting on my destruction armies because I, I, I don't know which I don't know what I'm going to play. I don't know if I'm going to play my orc war clans. I don't know if I'm going to play my ogres. I don't know if I'm going to play my mm-hmm. sons of Behemoth. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But I've given myself this okay. week to decide on one army and really just practice the heck out of it. Do you guys go through that? Do you guys do the same thing? Yes. Kevin, more so than I do. I yeah. only have like two armies. But yes, we practice a lot in our basement together. Okay. Yeah, I, I do that. I, I, I think I think I overthink. I think I overthink it. I think I just need to, you know, for mm-hmm. a destruction player, that's like, you know, overthinking it. What's one plus one? Twelve. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. But <laughs> um, well, and it's it's funny because like I, I definitely like Cheryl's one hundred percent correct. Like I go through that where I'm not really sure what I want to play from week to week. Um, my rule for myself is I don't let myself play with any model, even in a practice game, unless it's fully painted. So. Uh-huh. That's why I have so many painted armies. <laughs> um, yes. So, but, you know, I'll go through a period where, like, I'm not doing so well with my Fire Slayers right now. Well, let me play Soul Blight for a little bit. Okay, I'm playing some Soul Blight. I'm doing all right. But it's like, I really miss my Fire Slayers. And I'll just go through cycles like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that's, that's, the, uh, that's, the, that's the AOS OCD for you right there. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you just, you know, um, I almost admire Cheryl. She has two armies, you know, it, you know, her, her life's a lot <laughs> yeah. easier. And, and, and Cheryl, someday you gotta, you gotta explain to Kevin and I that, that strength that you have to just resist everything and just have two armies. I, I would have fallen well, over. I would have passed out by now if that was me. Well, it's really easy. I like elves. So I play the elves that, and things that physically just appeal to me as a model. So if I don't like the way the model looks, I won't play it. And that straight go. and narrow path there. So that's, that's how I work on it. Yeah, Kevin, we don't have that kind of discipline, do we? Nope, nope, don't. no, not at all, not at all. No, yeah, not at all. All right. Well, speak, speaking of uh, so some 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 discipline, I think we got some stuff in the news that's uh, that's happening. Have you guys been staying staying up on the news and seeing what's been going on? Always. Um, well, the first thing we got that I want to share with everybody is uh, we got the rumor engine. Uh, this thing comes out every every Tuesday, so we try to jump on it uh, uh, first. And uh, you know, here it is. It's a strap and a trinket. Kind of boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, anyone got an idea what the heck this thing is? So my working theory is that it's a, um, a chaos dwarf thing. 
I feel like it's like a cast dwarf talisman or something. Like it kind of feels like something that's hanging off one of the uh, the hobgrots. So I kind of okay. get the feeling, but it's a little bit more refined looking. So it kind of gives me that feeling of like that Asgore feeling. Okay, you you remember what we said right before the show? You know mm-hmm. that thing I told you about that thing. Mm-hmm. That keep that in mind. What you just said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what I you know what I you know what I meant, right? Yep. yep. All right. Good. All right, uh, Cheryl. What do you think, man? What is this? To me, it looks it looks kind of like like almost like a necklace or a piece of of jewelry with and the pendant or trinket right there. It looks almost like bone shaped, inspired, or like a tooth. Um. So to me, with the two shape, it looks more like a chaos or destruction piece if it's like on the AOS side. But really, I can't really tell more than that. Yeah, you know, you guys can tell are, you where it belongs. You guys are light years ahead of me as far as creativity. I look at this thing and it looks like something that you accidentally clip off, you know, the sprue and get and you lose like <laughs> <of> the table. <laughs> I looked at it. Okay, you guys, uh, you you know, I I really, you know what? I like your answers better. I'm really bad at this. I think I think I don't think I've ever gotten a rumor engine right. I really haven't. I They're really, really haven't. good at taking really tiny corners, like really good, great different angles when you would normally see a model at to yeah. really just throw you off. Yeah, yeah. Those photographers over there at GW are jerks, aren't they? They sure are. <laughs> uh, but something else. This, now I got this. Uh, I got this kind of thrown at me uh, before the show that I wanted to kind of share with everybody. Have you guys heard about the new Age of Sigmar battle box? This arcane cataclysm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, apparently the pre-order is this weekend. It uh, looks like uh, GW oh. revealed the new AOS Lumineth Realm Lords and Disciples of Zeech battle box. And, you know, it, it just kind of perusing through this and looking at this thing, you know, if you play either of the factions, right? I mean, this could be, I know, I know a lot of people say this, but I'm being serious when I look at this, when I look at this, this box set, this could be a really awesome value for your army or a start of a new one. And I mean, that's, I mean, that sincerely. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, a lot of times, like, you know, uh, remember when like, like Loon Curse came out, you know, everyone was like, oh, yeah. the squigs are great. I don't want to do what these hippies are doing in here. I don't want them. And it, sometimes they just battle boxes seem a little incongruent with each other as far as the value. But right. I really think this, mm-hmm. this, this, this arcane cataclysm is probably going to be an awesome thing. What say you guys? I agree. I'm going to talk versus Lumineth. I like Lumineth. Um, <laughs> I'm real excited for the box. I'm looking forward to that that new um, Elven hero. What what is she? This the Enlightener. The Enlightener. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, her, her twin tether spell, I think, is going to be really niche, um, where she can pick an enemy unit and basically any wounds caused to her. They have to t- a unit she chose has to take those wounds also. I can think that'd be really sneaky to poke off a few wounds here and there on a unit that's close by. You know what? And I'm that, looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. This game uh, is all about that too. It's 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 about slowly taking stuff away from 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 your opponent. But go ahead, I, I cut you off. I hope I didn't do that. Yeah, go ahead, keep going. Some, that's fine. Yeah, it's like it's a few damage here and there. It really adds up over time. I think. Um. And as you were saying, the core of the box it looks pretty good. It was like, like was it Dawn Riders and some Blade Lords? Yeah, um, and some some Wardens. It's a really good core um, for the army, which goes back to your point. We're saying it's a really good army startup starter set on Lumineth has. I don't know much about Zine, so I can't talk really much there. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Kevin, what are your thoughts? I think yeah, I, I agree with Cheryl as far as like on the Lumen and Zench. I'm a Nurgle guy, so Zench is just dirty, filthy. I, yeah. I put that that I can go right in the garbage as far as yep. I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> no, 
but but no, I think it looks like I mean, as far as weight in plastic, it looks like a great it looks like a good deal if it goes by the same price that the other similar boxes have been. Right. Um, and I feel like if you split that with a friend, like that's a fantastic deal. Yeah, I, you know, I think I think it's got fifty five or sixty miniatures in it. I'm not quite sure. I think it's got fifty five minis, which 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 guys, that's a lot. That's quite a, that's quite a quite an amount. But yeah. if you look at it, it's basically. Uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shooting from the hip here, folks. So anyone in the chat, you want to correct me on that one, let me know. But if you look at it, it, it's basically the previous army box for Lumineth. And I think like the last three or maybe four boxes for Zeech put into one. I mean, but, but mm-hmm. still it's, it's, it's a really decent number of minis and you know, they're going to be discounted. I, I would say this thing's probably going to be somewhere in the ballpark of 200, 220 for what you're going to get, mm-hmm. which if you bought all this separately, you know, you, you'd probably be you'd probably be closer to three fifty four hundred. So you're getting quite a deal, yeah. I think, yeah. with with this. Um, but you know what's funny is like with all the with all these boxes, um, like you were saying, Cheryl. I mean, there's 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 some there's obviously a few new minis inside. And given that the the the, the box, what we think is going to be some intrinsic value, as the models usually that are in there, like this mage you were talking about. They're, they aren't they aren't released on their own for some time. So I mean, this is kind of one of those things where you're going to want to grab it while the grabbing's good. I think. Yeah, and plus you always need like I said, more of those core units are always good to have around. Yeah. Um. So it's not even a, a bad thing to pick up if you already have those things lying around in your collection. Just have more core units is always a good thing. Yeah, you're right, and, and I think with the like like taking case in point the uh, the Dawn Riders. You know, cavalry. You know, yeah. you know, with with bounty hunters in this edition. You know, like or yeah, any, especially anything, with that. yeah. I mean, it it all it all adds up. It it all helps. So I, I'm really excited for this. I really think this is a. And I would recommend this box set to anybody because I even think if you don't like, I don't play either army, but they're really a hobbyist army. And I think it, let's say if you didn't, I mean, Cheryl, okay, you you play elves. I get that. That's cool. But let's say if you just <laughs> if you just were someone that just wanted to paint. I think this this box set here is is probably right up right up somebody's alley for that too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I agree. The Luminef stuff looks really pretty and Zinch's Gene cells look really cool too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, my thought is I, I think this is one of the better box sets I've seen come out in a long time. My my opinion. I was really happy to see this. I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So good stuff. Well, this Saturday, it looks like folks, uh, pre-order for that sucker and you're gonna have it in your sweaty palms in about two weeks oh. if you if you order it Yay. uh next saturday but uh rounding out the news uh we got we got armed forces day afd6 in 2023 and uh you know um both my guests here cheryl and kevin i want to thank you guys for really helping afd5 be be one of our most successful events yet and and to everyone else that joined us for afd5 um and one thing i wanted to let everybody know this week we've got uh, uh some announcements some th- and some things coming out um so be on the lookout for that uh starting uh uh, this coming Monday, so so almost a week from now, uh, we're going to be putting some stuff out on the um, Armed Forces Day page, on the Grimdark Live website, and on the Grimdark Live Facebook page. So look out for that. But um, one of the things I will share with everybody right now is after a lot of feedback and speaking directly with a lot of our inten- attendees, we have decided that uh, we're going to be continuing are not continuing with the sidebar events of the tournament, such as, you know, added units like we did the Courier this mm-hmm. year or mm-hmm. previous year, the Underworld Warband or something like that. And the re-rolls are no longer going to be uh, be necessary. Um, mm-hmm. So okay. uh, we, we felt that that after some feedback and talking to some people, it, it was hot and cold. And we felt that a lot of a lot of times maybe it, it, it wasn't very um, seamless for game-to-game comparisons. 
and and we we really want to have uh, as straightforward and, and as and as integritous of a tournament as we possibly can provide. So, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to um, uh, we're going to redo the rerolls, and that's going to be something that is going to just be given and incumbent to everybody that plays. So, so more on okay. that. Okay. Uh, everybody, kind of, kind of look out for that coming this Monday, along with some other details on AFD six. Uh, but we are expanding. We're going to be up to. We're shooting for eighty two players for 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 wow. um, Age awesome. of Sigmar. And then uh, we're going to be shooting for 82 players for 40K. So uh, look out for that. A lot of good stuff to come. And um, and also uh, AFD6. Um, uh, so as I said, I'll just leave it at that because I, I really want to tell you more, but I, I've got to I've got to hold back and and uh, uh, that's <laughs> tough for me. But well, let let me say the one thing about AFD too is that let, this this past year was the uh, first year that me and Cheryl were able to come. It had been on our calendars for a while for the past couple of years, but we just weren't able to make it happen. And uh, you know, Pat, I, you badgered me as much as you possibly could about it and no but seriously we managed to get a babysitter and make it this year and it is now a permanent fixture on our calendars yes um it is Thank a you. great event and i really encourage anyone who can make it out to make it out you know yeah, I, I, it was a v- very well-run event like I'm, I'm a thing about like time and you guys did that very well and i really do appreciate that Thank you guys very much. And honestly, you know what? It was so awesome to have you guys there. You guys bring so much to the party. You guys bring so much to the event. Uh, and and honestly, well, thank you. you guys you guys are damn good players. And I love, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this. All right, all right, here's my left turn at Albuquerque again, everyone. Sorry, but here we go. Uh, but you know what? I like I like focused people, and and I like I like the way you guys play. And I'm I'm not saying this because you guys are on the show tonight. I'm, I'm really not. Mm-hmm. I'm being mm-hmm. serious. I've talked to I've talked to some of the Grim Dargoons about about this too. I mean. You guys are intense players. You guys are very focused players. And I like the way you guys can cut a table up, as we say. And um, <laughs> I recommend, guys, I'm, I, everyone out there listening, if you guys ever get a chance to head out to South Bend and play these guys, you guys are going to get one heck of a game. I'm actually really looking forward to heading out there and getting and rolling some dice with you guys. Oh, wonderful. Well, that means a lot to hear. Yeah, uh, seriously. You you guys aren't schlubs. You guys just don't you got you guys just don't push your plastic dollies forward and chuck dice all over the place. You guys actually can cut up a table really nice and and, and you guys do a great job. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. But that's everything. That's uh, that's everything we have uh, in the news. And uh, folks, stick around because we're going to be back with uh, Kevin and Cheryl. And we're going to be talking about uh, their lists. Again, we're going to be talking about Daughters of Cain. And we're going to be talking about Fire Slayers and some of their tactics and, and kind of their overall thoughts on uh, where the, uh, uh, the hobby and the game is right now. So stick around. We're going to be right back. Hey gang, I want to thank you for being with us today on Grimdark Live. Thanks for being with us on tonight's show. But before we get into our main topic here on the show, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker and become a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, check out our podcast or blog sections, attend an upcoming event, or... Should you know that GrimdarkLive.com has some great products in our shop, t-shirts, hoodies, caps, dice, and a ton more, so get your swag on with Grimdark Live merch. Also, from GrimdarkLive.com, you can find us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms. We're constantly updating the website, so check it out for new stuff on the site. But with all that said, we just want to thank you for being part of this show and being here with us tonight, here on Grimdark Live. Now, 
let's get to the main topic of the show. All right, we are back, and we're going to get rolling tonight on this on this topic with our awesome guests, Kevin and Cheryl. And um, as we as we said at the top of the show, in case you guys are just joining us, uh, we've got two awesome people with, with within the community that are going to be here talking to us tonight. And uh, we are about to have a great conversation on their lists and thoughts behind their tactics and gameplay. So uh, let's get into this, folks. Cheryl, let's go ahead and start with you first. I mean, let's get into your list here because okay. um, it, it, it's Daughters of Cain. So it's going to be a very yes. exciting list, very fast list, and obviously a very effective list. I mean, you went four and one at AFD. Uh, you 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 really know how to uh, play a heck of a heck of a game. And daughters have been. I'm going to say this, and, and I hope this is fair to say, but daughters have been since AOS 2.0, 3.0, and now into season one of the new General's Handbook. They've been one of the better armies in the game consistently. Um, and that, and that's a fair statement. And I, I, I like what daughters of Cain does. Now they're an opponent of mine. I don't play them. They're an opponent, but I mm-hmm. always get a darn good game when I play them because of the consistent way the army plays its synergies. Uh, and you know, what's funny. We often sometimes say here on the show with an army, is it the army or the, or the general, you know, what causes an army to win or lose? Is it the army itself or the general? And I think daughters of Cain really meets that in the middle because they're still elves. So if you make a mistake once you pay for it twice, but great things oh, can happen. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. They can play in almost every stage of the game. That's the other thing I love about Daughters of Cain. From magic, you know, to their to their prayers, uh, to shooting, to melee. They have a lot of control over how the game flows, which really is what makes them almost like a scalpel-type army. Uh, because mm-hmm. it's really all in their wheelhouse. So, talk before you get into your list, kind of give us a high-low of your experience with Daughters of Cain and, and how you've kind of come to play them. And then we'll get into your list. Okay. Um, so when I played like Daughters of Cain, I, I take the, like the route of responding to what my opponent is doing to me across the table. Mm. Um, Cause I've got, there's a lot of different tools in my list that I can sort of point towards the different threats um, as they appear across the board. And I'm fast enough that I can respond to, even if things are relatively far away from the bo- relatively far away from me, if the threat is, you know, 12, 14 inches out, I can, sure. I can touch it and reach it and get to it. Um, so I'm very good at responding to what's in front of me on the board, knowing where I need to be getting there and eliminating the th- threats that are close and high priority to me as quickly as I can. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, and that, and that's, that's pretty much what I've heard a lot of daughters of cane players players do um as far as how they how they how they have to almost be reactive to that now how has the whole uh galician veterans bounty hunters things treated your army um since 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 that drop um i've been really excited about it i throw bounty hunters onto my blocks of witch elves and sisters of slaughter um just for the extra damage output if i'm facing another uh, galician veteran and i think and I found the extra damage is really helpful, but at the same time, if I'm up against a opponent who has bounty hunters, I'm going to keep track of where they are and make sure that if my witch, my bounty hunters are in line, that I strike them first before they get to me. Because if they get to me, I am going to fall apart. Okay. Um, so I try, okay. I, I try and play that game with screens um, or just throwing Marathi at their bounty hunters to avoid their bounty hunters getting to my bounty hunters first. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So let's get into your list here because uh, I, I think um, 
I think uh, what we have here is a, a pretty a pretty awesome list. So obviously, daughters of Cain, your Hagnar. Uh, we got uh, Marathi Cain. We got the Shadow Queen. Uh, mm-hmm. we've got the, uh, Galadrix, the high Galadrix, uh, and then your battle line. There are your witch elves. There are your bounty hunters right there. You got two blocks of 20 and then you got a block of, uh, 10 sisters of slaughter and the spell. Obviously yes. don't leave home without the blood rack viper. And, uh, mm-hmm. you, you threw some canary heart renders in there, which I love to see when they drop out of the sky. Uh, and then your, your 10 blood yes. stalkers. So kind of give us mm-hmm. a, um, um, kind of give us a, um, a high low of some of the, some of the games you played, how, how the army played for you. Uh, either at AFD or or normal gameplay at, at, at tournaments. Okay, um, so sort of in general, like the Canary are there to help score the battle tome tactics of when the Canary come down, they can fight and fight, fight and fight immediately and score the two points for that battle tactic. Um, but then also sets up later GHB tactics for um, to secrete their lands or have. Um, breakthrough in any deployment loans because they are so fast and they can drop in behind enemy lines. Um, but if on the table I need them as more of a screening unit to protect my witch elves so I don't get charged first, I drop that battle, ta- battle tactic mindset from the battle tome and just drop them as a screen. Um, instead, so make them as really, very, really, really versatile um, for either pulling screening or pulling objectives from the back line, just harassing little enemy enemy heroes. Okay. Um, the Viper I use as a, a utility piece also. It's really good at um, making the opponent maneuver a little bit differently. I can, Even though you can walk right through it on this spell, they still can't end on top of it. So I try and place it in inconvenient places if I'm worried about getting charged. Right. It's also, it's also really good, like, fire and forget missile. Um, if I something out, like, there was one of my games I was playing, Night Hunt, and there was a squad of one of his battle lines way out in the corner. And I was able to cast my Viper and throw the Viper out in the corner. And that Viper just handled that unit ah. between, um, cause there were one wound models. So I was knocking off three, every hero phase. It was fast enough to keep up with the unit as I moved away. And I was able to get him close enough. So we could also stomp in the monstrous rampage phase too. Right. So it was just eating up that unit. So that was really helpful that I didn't have to send my army out go deal with that. Sure. Sure. I, so um, I want, so I want, a... Good. Uh, keep mm-hmm. I got, a, I got a question, but I'll wait till you're done. I'll go ahead and ask a question now. So I find it interesting that, that you went the opposite route that a lot of people are going with their bounty hunters and you put, you, you made your witch elves bounty hunters for the extra attacks. Um, and that seemed to work out really well for you. Now I got to be honest with you. That's very clever. A lot of people don't do that because essentially they're, they're kind of auto, uh, expert conquerors, even if they're not in the battalion, they're, 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 they're auto Galician veterans. But then to also mm-hmm. make them bounty hunters, that was kind of a gutsy move. And and that, that really worked out well for you. Yeah, and that's just how I, I tend to play my Witch Elves to begin with. I, I play them to be damage dealers. Right. So I, I enhance that feature. And I run them in blocks of 20. So I didn't really feel like I needed them count for the extra free, pe- free bodies um, for expert conquerors because they're already running in a big squad. Um, Got it. If I took smaller squads, it's something I, I may consider more of. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the combination of the bounty hunters for the extra damage, the Ren from the Gladiatrix, um, to give them that extra punch to get through the armor. And a couple of times lucky enough to get Mind Razor off to make that, <laughs> uh, 
just the same amount of damage and rend output um, so they can punch up to get to those hero monsters and not have to necessarily throw Marathi at the hero monsters. Right. Well, Mar- Marathi is um, a beach stick. Marathi is, is... She is. Yeah. Um, but if you can have her somewhere else and also kill that thing with a squad of witch elves, um, that's even better. Right. Right. So, I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about how you use your sisters of slaughter. You got a small unit of 10, so that, I, that that's, your, mm-hmm. that's your minimum. That's your, your MSU on that one. Um, yes. so you were what running those, were you kind of were you using those as like a, like a, like a sheepdog? Were you hurting your opponent somewhere or were you, you, you were stopped, you were stopping a certain unit from getting to you or what, what were you, how are you using them? I use them mostly to help screen out my bloodstalkers, um, okay. because they are a big damage to their utility piece. So I can use them to screen out my bloodstalkers, um, early game. And then as late game progresses, that six inch pile in becomes really sneaky to get in the last few little chink dam- plink damage on a unit to right. uh, get rid of a unit. Got it. I mean, so, so talk to me a little bit too about, you know, um, you know, give me, give me, give me like a recent game, whether it be AFD or, or something else with this list, what was a tough game for you? You know, what was a game that, that, that really kind of, but, but, you know, that really kind of tested this list and, and kind of talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I'll talk about the last game at AFD that I played against um, Alan. Okay. He had two squads of four um, Storm Drake Guard, and then some MSU Liberator squads, and then a, a couple heroes. Right. Um, and he chose to go first and had a very good alpha strike against me. Um, it was the the mission was the exploding objective. I forget the name of it. We've got the objective in the middle of the board and then like turn three, it explodes and goes to two different locations. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I forget the name. So because of that, I kept my Canary in reserve so I could deep strike on the objective. It happened to be on the other end of the board sure. where I was. Sure. Um, in hindsight, I think that was a mistake. I should have used my Canary more of a, of a screen to sort of mitigate the alpha strike of the dragons coming in with all of their um, breath weapons and charging and so much damage there. That really, really hurt. Yeah. Um, so that was a really tough game to, to sort of to claw back from. Well, and you did. Um, I mean, that, that you went all five battle it, rounds, right? We did go all five battle rounds. Uh, I always felt like I was my back heels the whole time because he, he's had a really good alpha strike. I also made a couple other like small mistakes in the game that added up towards the end. Um, but it was one of those really nice mental battles. Okay. And those are my favorite type of game to play where both me and my opponent are thinking, okay, I have to move this piece here and this piece over here to counter X, Y, and Z. And it's really mental and like puzzle almost right. of what right. you have to do. And those are my favorite games, sort of win or lose. The more cerebral they are in thinking, right. the more and more I enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's fun. So, so now talk to me about, um, who's, who's the opponent that Cheryl knows when she's got her daughters a cane, who's the opponent you absolutely love to play as often as you can. Cause you, you, you know, you got their number. Well, I'm biased against Kevin. I play him all the time. <laughs> um, his dwarves though, they really give me a good challenge. I have the hardest time cracking like his, um, his dwarf was even the one he played at AFD. I've got a hard time in cracking through those dwarfs. So it's always a really good challenge. Yeah. Um, and then everybody in at our local community, I love playing against everybody there. Um, we have a Deepkin player I played last week, and that was also a, a uh, really tough and very well 
thought out game and then one of those mental challenges that was a really really fun time so so you, uh, i guess for me like whenever i i mean I've, I've been playing for a long time i mean you know gosh I'm, I'm such an old guy that when i first started out in the hobby the rule book just said bang two rocks together i mean i'm i'm mm. old <laughs> but uh when i when i but one of my favorite armies and it's been this way for gosh 20 years maybe no i mean maybe maybe 15 16 years uh one of my favorite armies to play against is skaven I don't know what it is about Skaven, but when I <laughs> when I when I see a Skaven army across the table from me, I know I'm going to get a hell of a game, and I just love it. Do you, Do you have an army mm-hmm. like that? Do you have an army like that 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 you just really? I mean, when when you're not beating up on Kevin, is there an army that, <laughs> that is there an army that you say, yeah, you know what, I'm really going to enjoy this game because it's army X, Y, or Z. No, I can't really think of an army that. I can say like I always enjoy just like I enjoy every game that I play of all my opponents and um in our community you don't really see the same army over and over and over again, which cool. I think is awesome. Yeah. Um so it's also makes it kind of hard to, to pick. Like when I receive this army I know it's always gonna be a really good game. I think in our community that's more player based as opposed to the army that they're playing on the table. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's funny, I was looking at your list and, and kind of taking a deep dive of it because um, I like the list from the minute you submitted it. I, I really, you know, and again, for me, uh, Daughters of Cain is always, we, we have a guy in our club, Dustin. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he was a he was a guy with the big, crazy red beard, uh, you know, tall guy. I don't know if you saw Oh, yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone calls him Tormund, you know, from, from Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, he uh, he plays Daughters of Cain, and he, and he plays them very well. And what I noticed was, mm-hmm. and because I play so many games against him, you, you understand kind of the players, again, is it the army or the general, uh, the the player's kind of style. And I've noticed, mm-hmm. I've noticed uh, you know, he's more of like a pocket type of a, of a, of a player, which is fine. I'm not saying one, one style is better than the other. I'm just fine. I find it interesting how you can see, you know, two different daughters of Cain players. You know, you you see two ogre players, right? They're going to play pretty much mm-hmm. the same way. They're going to go straight forward, kill everything, and hope it all works out. Uh, trust me, we're dumb people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but when you but you look at an army like Daughters of Cain, for instance, you can see two people and they play the army totally different. And I find mm-hmm. that fascinating. I find that amazing that 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 the army that's got the same book, the same rules, but two mm-hmm. gamers will play that army relatively differently. Like. I mean, does that make sense to you or do you? Do you yes, do you it does. That? I think it's, um, I think there's so many different options of different army compositions within the battle tome that are good, that it lends itself to exactly what you said, multiple players playing the same tome in completely different ways. Right. Um, you can play an all snake and all Malusai army and have success with it. You can play something that's more witch elf heavy and have success with it. I mean, you don't really even have to put Marathi in there if you really didn't want to, and you could still have a good game. You're not kidding. I think that's just no. I think that's just a um, a good testament to the, a good, well written tome. You know what? And I'm glad and I think you that's said something that. that's really, really great for the game because I don't want to, I don't want to come across the table and say, "Oh, I'm playing daughters or or dwarves or even Nighthaunt and know how that game is going to go based upon the tome. Where instead, there's so much flavor inside of the tome, especially the new ones that right. just because you say you're playing night haunt, you could come up two totally different flavors of, of the game and have excellent, well composed armies and excellent games. Okay. I think that's a really great move on GW's part to be able to have that good environment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like, I liked what you said that because it, it leads me to the point that I was going to try to make, but you helped me kind of formulate that in my brain. Which, 
<laughs> was uh, the consistency of the army, the consistency of their battle tomes. I mean, and I'm, I'm going to use the, the the high gladiatrix as an example here. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, the Malusi Iron Scale, I would say, and 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 the gladiatrix have pretty much remained the same. You know, they pretty much they they started out good, and they're they're still good. But but in your list, making her the general. Um, you know, she, you know, speaking of box sets, I believe she was released with the arena of souls. I think if I, if I, if my memory serves me right, she was, she was in the box set. I couldn't tell you the name of the box set, but she I, was in a box set. Yeah. I, I think it was that one. It was, it was them against Slanash, I believe. Uh, but it was it was, it was, uh, the night haunt. Night haunt. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. what it was. Okay. Um, so, I mean, she, she is relatively unchanged. And what I find though, is she went from not being widely used I mean, obviously she mm-hmm. went down like, I don't know, 10 or 15 points, whatever it was, I believe from, from the old edition, you know, and yeah. she's like 90 points now or something like that. Um, yeah. She's 90 points now. And, you know, she's the cheapest leader in the book. I think mm-hmm. with the change to the blood rights, you know, no longer granting rerolls to ones, you know, to wound, I think her, her, um, what is it? The, 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 the change, the, I think the change wound rolls to a three plus is, is more important than yes. ever. And I think that's where... Uh-huh. But but can you stack still? Can you stack your ones? No, you can't. You 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 cannot stack your ones anymore. Stack her. your ones. Uh, so you got to elaborate on me. So so like the the plus one to wound. Yeah, that still stacks with the three up because it changes the wound the wound okay. characteristic to three. It's not a plus one to their four. Okay, all right. The baseline four. Yeah. So it changes the characteristic. So it does stack. So you know, on turn was it turn four when you get to your plus one wound. You're hitting on twos and two twos and twos. Okay. okay. Um, with the Witch House Squad supported by Gladiatrix. Yeah, yeah. You know what, Cheryl? Thank you. See, destruction player. Very dumb. I'm very. I'm a very <laughs> dumb person. Uh, no, um, I, I. So, so. I, but, but that's my whole point. I think. I think overall, pound for pound, I think the High Gladiatrix is one of the better heroes in the game. I, I and I love the fact that we're seeing more and more Daughters of Cain players kind of pull her off the shelf and play her. So it's kind yeah, of and I, I think with the. The change both and also in how Witch Brew worked with the Hag Queens. Because mm-hmm. right. um, Witch Brew used to give you immunity to Battle Shock, which is a big, big deal is, um, because the Witch Elves, even the Snakes on the Scent, can just fall over like what, what paper bag right. when they get hit. So that immunity to Battle Shock was really important. But losing that ability and the Witch Brew just now uh, making your um, bonuses of return improved by one i don't feel like they are as essential to the army as they used to be which okay. then was able to open the door for the gladiatrix to sneak in i see okay all right um interesting i, I like that point i like the way you put that so looking at your list you know, uh, you know kind of mm-hmm. digesting it here a little bit you know what i mean this is a good list you know, obviously, you Thank know, you. you you played in a very competitive tournament that that I, I mean, I'm not saying that because it was a tournament that I ran. I'm saying a lot of killers showed up there, and and you did very well. You know, are you still playing this list, or how have you changed it, or tweaked it, or or, or is, is this is this pretty much a, a your your for the most part your staple list? Um, there's only this is a really this is probably my staple list. The only thing I'm considering is dropping one of the um, Canary Heart Render units and adding a second Gladiatrix. Because um, I do have two. If I do have, I do do have two witch elves. This way, I don't have to choose between which witch elf unit is going to be my my powerhouse. They both have that ability to make them even more more deadly. Okay. Um, and one um, heart render is still good enough to provide 
a screen and I just bring up my sister Slaughter as being in more of a screening unit instead of hanging them in the back or throwing Marathi in to be that screen because sure. she's going to take her three wounds a turn anyhow, really, no matter what you do. Um, so she can go up there and, and also block charge lanes, charge lanes also. Um, and they're the inspiration to, to that changes. I know not all tournaments are allowing battle tome tactics. Um, so yeah. that's a sort of a, a tweak that I've made to my list sort of in response to that. Yeah, because the Michigan GT is not allowing battle tome grand strategies or battle tactics. Yeah. So. Okay, you see what you guys did there? Now i got to take another left turn at Albuquerque. Folks, it's their fault, but i got to talk about this now. It's my, it's my awesome guest's fault. Okay, Kevin, you and I briefly, I'm going to cheat here a little bit, folks, because Kevin yeah. and I, we, we, had a, we had a sidebar conversation. And, and, and Cheryl, you know, give me a minute here. I'll be right back. I want, I want to talk to you about this. Never. No. <laughs> Kevin and I had a, had, a, had a sidebar conversation about this. And, and look, I want to say this right off, the, right off the cuff because, you know, I, I, sometimes my delivery of my, of my points is pretty terrible. I'm, I'm not going to go work for the Hallmark card company anytime soon. But I don't, uh, I don't think, and I'm not, I'm not bad mouth on a tournament. You know, if, 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 mm-hmm. however Michigan GT wants to do it, you know, that's fine. I don't personally agree with it. Um, but I find it that you cause more trouble than you solve if you try to rewrite the rules as written that the game published. Like I typically the, find that's the case, yeah. Be, be, well, because you know, like like with the with with the Purple Sun. Uh, mm. well, now they they were doing something with Purple Sun. Remind remind, remind me no, what that was again. They're, they're not, but there are several either communities or events in the broader community that are a uh, making a house rule that the Purple Sun does D six mortal wounds rather than uh, removing a model. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what, uh, it's, it's a 70 point endless spell that can be dispelled. I think 70 points is you're, you're pushing the more expensive endless spells. I think, I think if you're going to do that, lessen the, lessen the points of the spell. But again, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think rewriting rules as written is a good thing. All right. Sorry. I think we all agree on that. I mean, now let me ask you a question before we get back into the topic here. Do you guys, would, I mean, how do you guys feel as far as somebody that you're going to, you're going to pay to play at a tournament? And then obviously the next pack comes out before the tournament and then whammo, you're hit with this over the head that says we're changing all the rules. It, it kind of feel, mm-hmm. does it feel like a bait and switch or are you guys okay with that? Well, it, for me, and of course we travel together. So it's kind of something we discuss whenever that happens mm-hmm. is, you know, for us going to a tournament is very much like we treat it like a vacation. Okay. You know, I mean, we take it seriously. We, we go there to, we go to tournaments to compete, but at the end of the day, we have to weigh whether or not does this change make the game less fun for us? If the answer is yes, we have to reevaluate whether or not this is an event we still want to attend. 10-4. Um, right. yeah. If the answer is no, then we'll go play and then just win in row. Okay. I think also to add to that, it's also about the people that you meet and the friends that you play with yes. is are also part of the, the tournament experience. It's not necessarily everything at the tabletop at the game. It's the people you meet along the way, the friends you get to see what you haven't seen in, you know, who knows how many years now with everything being paused with COVID and just getting back up again. Like, that's a big part of the tournament and the traveling also. What an awesome point. You know what? You know, know, I think I'm a jerk. I really do. That's an awesome (laughs) awesome point. What an awesome point. Um, Hey, Kevin, you agreed with me. I think we're both in the same boat on this one. Yeah. We're we're both in the same Carriage and Overlords boat. Um, yeah. so, all right. So let's get back to the list here. So, so I want to, I want to defend the Canary heart renders here a little bit. I, I, I find it interesting that you want to add another gladiatrix to your list. That's kind of cool. Kind of unique. 
But then again, mm-hmm. you're, you already kind of blew me away by using witch elves as bounty hunters. That was kind of neat. <laughs> so I, I love what the Heartrenders can do because I really believe in the psychological effect of the game. I think that this game, like anything else, you know, is 70% mental. You know, you want to pass mm-hmm. a test, you want to win a boxing match. It all starts with mental. And I really believe that that when you have these canary heart renders, or if you have these maggotkin, uh, the the flies that fly high with mm-hmm. with, uh-huh. with the Lord of Afflictions, you have all these things that can, you know, the Courage Overlord boats. You can fly out. You, it it messes with your opponent, you know, it, and yeah. it, and it does it in a way that ambush, say that the Beast of Chaos could do. It does it better. And I think canary heart renders being able to drop down, throw their uh their 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 spears. Um, I gotta be honest with you. I'm a big fan, but am I not seeing something here? Are, are, you know, five of them for 95 points, not really all what it shook out to be, or what are your, what is your thought process behind switching out them for another gladiatrix? Um, most of the, the primary motivator is just removing from the battle tome tactics, um, claiming two units to be able to achieve the battle tome tactic. Um, okay. um, so that was the, the prim- primary motivator, motivator plus it's attractive to make my second squad of witch elves even more deadlier. So I don't have like a week as weak of one flank as the other side, depending upon where my big block of witch elves with the gladiatrix behind them is. Okay. Um, but I also agree that they are a good, a good value for their buck. Like there was um, an AFD I was playing against um, Sylvaneth. Okay. And being able to drop my Canari in their back lines um, just to be near the objectives, I think helped keep my opponent's dryads back there. Now his dryads, they were expert conquerors. So I wasn't going to take the objective from them anytime soon uh, with my two five man squads, but it helped keep them away from me for a couple of turns. Cause as soon as they left that aura, sure. I now controlled the objective. Um, so I think they're very useful utility pieces in that respect. And also, like I was saying earlier, just just screening out and trying to play the I charge you game instead of you charging me game. Yeah, right, right. And I, and I saw um, that. I, and that's a very tempo-dependent control. Like, if, if my army gets hurt, hit first, I'm more likely to collapse than if I hit you first. Right, right. And I saw that in your, in your games. I really did. You know, I saw that because, you know, you're, you're to me you're the type of player that looks like you really lean into your, your particular play style, which as I said, is, is, is different than I was used to seeing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I could see where you're almost like, um, selectively aggressive. Uh, and, and I yes, noticed that a lot of it. your games, you, you were dispatching, you, you were almost targeting certain threats right away. And, and I saw you do it a couple of times with your witch elves, um, mm-hmm. where you would just mob a unit or, you know, enemy unit A or B, and you would you would just get rid of them. And I thought that was a very yes. interesting way to play elves because it's also kind of unique because, as I said before, if it's an elf army, I don't care what elf army it is, if it's Cities of Sigmar, mm-hmm. if it's, you know, if it's uh, Aiden of Thiepkin, if it's, you know, Daughters of Cain, they're, they are very unforgiving because they're elves. But you were able to kind of circumvent that unnecessary piece of playing elves. And I thought it was very interesting. I mean, you, you, you played the army great. I, I really love watching you. you play. Like I said, you, you know, you, you guys really know how to cut up a table. Um, and play very well. So, so good stuff. So let me ask you this before we get to Kevin. If somebody wanted mm-hmm. to come in really quickly and they wanted to play Daughters of Cain for the first time, what advice would you give a new player that wants to get into Daughters of Cain? Uh, good question. Pick your play style. Do you want to be more of a castle person or do you want to be an aggressive person? If you, be, if you want to be more of a castle person, I would um, move you over to Mulusai because they're going to 
be more tanky. Sure. If you want to be more aggressive and hyper speed, I would go over to Witch Elves and sort of match what your play style is to the army around you. Nice. Nice. Good answer. Good answer. All right, Kevin. Yes. Getting on to you, man. Those fire slayers. Fantastic. So fire slayers, what, what can I say about them? I mean, you know, they're what I love about fire slayers is two things. A, they're a good army. B, you don't see a lot of people play them. And, and I mm-hmm. think there's a few reasons for that. I, and I think you and I kind of touched on it a little bit at the tournament. We were kind of having a talk uh, between, right. between one of the games. It, it, it is. And, and strike me down if I'm, if I'm saying something wrong here, but there's a pay to play factor. And I think fire slayers are a little bit more, uh, even with their, their get started boxes and all that. I think that they're a little mm-hmm. bit more of a pricey army to play. If you want to play them the right way, I think they right. fall in that same category with like, say Seraphon and other armies where you don't see a lot of them. And I think there's a reason for that, but I also mm-hmm. think that that plays into your strengths because you, people aren't necessarily playing fire slayers all the time. Do you get that a lot when you play right. the army? Do you get them out of the table? People are like, Oh, wow. Yeah. Dwarfs with typically, if I'm like, I was one of three fire slayer players at Adepticon and um, I was the only fire slayer player at AFD, if I'm not mistaken. You were. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm usually in the minority of, so what's really cool about that is that people usually aren't geared to fight fire slayers. Right. Right. And, and, you know, let's talk about just a high level before we get into your list and, and kind mm-hmm. of the tactics. I mean, let's look at their strengths and there's a lot of them. You know, the yes. melee combat. I would say that they're probably one of the one of the strongest armies in the combat phase. You know, and, and I'm putting them up there with, like, you know, obviously I don't think anyone's going to be Sons of Behemoth strong, but I think they have a lot of tools in their tool bag to circumvent a lot of things with offset, say, an army like Sons of Behemoth. What do I mean by that? Well, take Nighthaunt, for instance. Nighthaunt can take away the rend. So what really is... Mm-hmm. What really is Sons of Behemoth without the rent? Ah, they're 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 somebody that hopefully gets those four damage through, you know. Right. Um, but but there's a lot of things that Fire Slayers do that that kind of those kind of innate things with an enemy army doesn't really bother them. So I love their melee combat prize. They're tough. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, granted, your saves now are, are mediocre. Maybe they always were, but you have access to a lot of ward saves. Um, you're right. You're, I think you're surprisingly hard to kill for you know basically a bunch of dwarves running around in speedos. Uh, right. Uh, your heroes. I mean, I always like a good hero. Like like you know, Cheryl and I were just talking about. I like a good hero, like a solid repertoire of heroes to choose from. Um, you know, the Rune Father on a Magma Droth, I, there's something about that whole character that I just really, I just really love. Um, and then, of course, talk about the Magma Droth. You got mounts. I mean, powerful oh, yeah. mounts. They do solid damage. They can take a fair beating. I mean, they're, they're, I think I put them up there with Stonehorns personally. I really love what the Magma Droth does. Um, so kind of, kind of talk about some of the things that drew you towards Fire Slayers because you're really committed, dude. I see your painting online and I see what you're doing. I mean, dude, you're really into them. So, so talk a little bit about Oh, yeah. That. Well, I love dwarves. Like anywhere I can play a dwarf, I play a dwarf. Um, but I actually, when they first came out, when because they, they were, I believe, after Stormcast, they were the first dedicated Age of Sigmar army. If I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but I think you're right. Yes. And when they came out, I was like, "Really, naked dwarves? Come on!" <laughs> and so, and I, I just wrote them off for a long time. And then I started playing a lot more Age of Sigmar. And I looked at them again. I started reading some of their fluff. And their fluff is really good. Like, I really like that they're not just the stereotypical, like, 
yeah, they love gold and they want to get as much gold as possible. Like that's their thing. Right. But it has nothing to do with being rich. Like it's a religious act. Sure. That it's, it's, you know, it's, it's to honor Grimnir and to bring, hopefully bring Grimnir back. Right. Right. Like, you know, they don't value gold for gold's sake. The regular gold that's not her gold, they just make it into statues and stuff and they don't care about it. Right. You know, and, and, and you know what I love about the fire slayers is their lore. I like how they're kind of the anti-heroes, right? They kind of, they, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll kind of side with anybody, right? I mean, you know, if, if, right. if chaos comes through and there's enough, there's enough Urgold available there, you know, they're going to, they're going to belly up to the bar and, and partner up with anybody. And there's something well, even, about that mercenary thing. I love about them. Well, even like at the, um, um, the, the, the battle of Lethus, like they turned on the city of Lethus after the night hunt offered them enough Urgold. Right. And so, I mean, right there on the spot, they just was like, well, they're paying us. Sigmar's not paying us. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. And, and I just think that that, that whole thing, I, what I, what I like is, and maybe I'm, I'm looking too deeply into this right now, but I like the story arc that's kind of developing with the, the, the age of Sigmar lore. You you can kind of see mm-hmm. there's a, there's some trepidation that's happening there, you know, like, yes. you know, I, I think, I think the, the city of Sigmar, I think there's a lot of question that they have in their minds, especially the, the, the pure Dwarden, let's just say like, you know, the, the mm-hmm. actual, you know, they're kind of looking over the dispossessed, what I'm trying to say, you know, they're not too sure about the fire slayers, you know, they're, they're not too sure about right. them. Are, are they really honorable? bound and do they keep their oaths um and, and i like how they're shaping that up you know also with with, with say like marathi let's just say you know uh, i think i are the other witch elves gonna gonna find out that she's really full of crap you know what, what's gonna happen there mm-hmm. i think there's a lot to be said there with that but i i love the way the story arc is specifically with the fire slayers is being um uh brought about and, and i think well, you are yeah. correct i think they are one of the yeah. factions uh, in age of sigmar correct yeah. The, and, and like the whole thing with the dwarves in Age of Sigmar that's really interesting is like if like through all the broken realms and all that stuff, like you have Grungni who's moving around in the background trying to reunite all the dwarves and like trying to take them away from being so singularly focused on their thing. Like, you know, famously the battle with they fought with the character and fought Bellacor, Grungni was like, Guy, profit isn't the only thing that matters here. And like a character to hear that's like, What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're like, what are you crazy? I mean, right. and, and honestly, um, I think the army uh, is, is, is play style. I think I think they have a loyal following, and you, we haven't seen that probably in, in, in a while. I think you have certain uh, people that play certain armies out of pure loyalty, like like say like mm-hmm. take Nurgle, take I would say right. Skaven, I would say yeah, what we're seeing right now with Fire Slayers. I mean, uh, you know, Fire Slayer players generally play Fire Slayers. That's what they do, right? Um, but let me, let me ask you this before we get into your list, because again, mm-hmm. I, I really, I love your list. I like how, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not cutting that, I'm cutting in line, but I like how you use the orc, uh, uh, rune smiters. Um, I really like mm-hmm. watching those. I like your battle line with the rune sun on the magma draw. We're, we're going to, we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But one thing I like about fire slayers is that it almost can brush off the fact that it doesn't have much range as far as the army is concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think. I think, you know, your models have throwing axes, you know, what is it? Eight inches or whatever, big whoop. I mean, yeah. they, they, they require you to get pretty close first. I mean, I don't know what the value of that is. Um, maybe they, maybe they soften up the enemy, but without that and without magic, the army does pretty well. And did you catch on to that right away when, with fire slayers, or is that something you kind of had to understand as you played them more and more? Well, it, it, it definitely taught me to respect the phases that I don't play very well in, namely the shooting phase and the hero phase. So, so like, 
it taught me to be very aware of what my opponent is capable of doing to me in those phases rather than me being able to act in those phases. Interesting. Okay. All right. So, so more, so, but you went into the army kind of understanding some of its limitations. Yes. Okay. And, and you know, and you've still, you've still persevered with it and done pretty well, because as I said, they make up for their limitations in spades. I mean, they're like, we talked oh, about absolutely. Yes. Their melee combat, their toughness, you know, their heroes. So uh, let's do this though. Let's get into your list because uh, it's, it's a pretty darn good one. So obviously you're Lofner, which I think is one of the more mm-hmm. popular um, yes. lodges, if you will. Uh, you're, you got to, your general is an Org Rune Master. You've got uh, Org Rune Smiter, two of them. And then uh, your battle line. I love the fact that you can throw the Rune Sun and Magma Droth as battle line. Uh, yeah. One of those guys in there. You got um, a unit of Orc Earth Guard, a unit of uh, Berserkers. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, actually, two units of. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Two units of ten Hearthguard Berserkers and and Volkite Berserkers uh, with yes. the with the hand axes. So um, let's talk about this here a little bit because it looks like here you're kind of um, well, heck, you, you're you're kind of doing the same thing. You're throwing your Berserkers in as as bounty hunters. I, I mean, can yes. you, So talk. Uh, start there, man. Talk to me a little bit okay. about that. So. I think, I think it, it lends well to the strengths that the uh, Hearthguard Berserkers already have, which is that, you know, for, for instance, the Broadaxes swing for two damage each. Threes and threes, minus one, two damage. So against another Galleon, that bumps up to three. And that's, I mean, ten guys swinging two attacks with three damage per. That's that's a hefty amount of beef. Um, and then it gives the Flamestrike Poleaxe a little bit more punch. Um, because normally they're only one damage really efficient for mortal wounds with the pole axes. Um, and I also did not want them to be galley vets because I didn't want extra damage on them. Because even though they often benefit from a four ward save, they I don't want to roll more ward saves than I have to. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and especially what? Their ward save right now is a six or a five plus, I believe. It's a four of... And if they're wholly within nine of a friendly fire slayer hero, otherwise they don't have one at all. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That's what it is. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, so talk to me a little bit about some of the games, whether, whether it is uh, at AFD or, or, or uh, other games you played. I mean, what, so, so talk a little bit about some of the games that you played and some of the things that you found with this army, how they reacted to certain enemy units, certain enemy armies, uh, kind of mm-hmm. walk us through that. So, so I've I, learned a lot with this army. Um, specifically, how when to be aggressive and when to castle up. Um, because the Hearthguard Berserkers are extremely survivable and the Magma Dross are very fast and they hit very hard. Right. And then we've got the Expert Conquerors with the Hearthguard and the Volkite Berserkers. So they're really good at holding it and take, taking and holding objectives. And But the thing is with all those different units is that it's really easy to overextend elements of it and get myself all out of sorts. Sure. Which really happened in three of my games at AFD, which I was I got too aggressive, I got too greedy, and I lost things I shouldn't have. Okay. Um and it was a really big case lesson in me learning when to hold and take the brunt of the charge and then respond. So is that what you meant by so? So go back to what the point you made because I want to catch up to that one about you know mm-hmm. you you thought maybe you were a little too greedy or something. Go back to that well, because I thought that was a I, I think what I'm understanding is a really great point here. So, so 
Magnodross move 12 inches, mm -hmm. 14 if you uh, trigger the Rune of Relentless Zeal. So they can hit the opponent's yeah. deployment zone on turn one in many battle in, in many of the battle plans. So it's so tempting to throw those big damage dealers up front and just uh, annihilate something. Uh, and it can often, like holding them back can often feel like you're making a mistake because you're not playing each unit to its strengths all the time. And, you know, it's, it's a measure of restraint that means that I have to hold back, okay, I know they're fast. That doesn't mean I have to use it. You know, I'm holding objectives, I'm making my battle tactics, so I just need to be, that feed gives me the ability to respond. I don't always have to be the aggressor. Okay. All right. I, I like the way you put that. And, and I want to go back to one thing, uh, uh, and then I want to hear about a, a couple of games here. But I'm looking at your list, and mm -hmm. you've got Hearthguard Berserkers here in your your Bounty Hunters. Now, what, yeah. when, I, when I've read this book, and I've read it a lot because I was really tempted to start the army, but I, I knew I'm not smart enough to play this army, so <laughs> I just didn't do it. Um, but for me, when I was going through the book, the big dilemma in this book that I saw right off the bat was do I, and then especially when the General's Handbook dropped, this was kind of what, what made me hear Kevin think, this army probably isn't my play style is uh -huh. the dilemma was, do I take the rune father general and make my Hearthguard Galician veterans or, right. or whether, or, or, or not to. And what I've kind of noticed, and, and I know that's not necessarily uh, what you were doing here, but right. you know, I see kind of a similar trait here. You made your Hearthguard berserkers, your, your bounty hunters. Right. I would have probably thought the, the rune son of a magma droth. Well, I guess, you know, I guess he is well, a bounty yeah, hunter. You, yeah, he is, a, he is your bounty hunter. Okay, so I get that. Yep. Okay, so now now I see what you did. This kind of is a pretty, a pretty neat little one-two punch here. It's almost like you're setting up the jab with the cross here. The, you know, the, the magma mm -hmm. droth is your heavy hitter. And maybe your berserkers right. are used as just a really stiff brick wall, right? Right. Aha. So as a setup here, you use your berserkers to kind of uh, barricade something and then your magma droth to charge and hit them? Yeah, maybe that's that's typically what it is. And my magma draws are both I mean, because they move twelve inches. They're very capable of getting units like that are otherwise hard to reach for my speed four army. Okay. So like I can send them out off onto a flank to to cap an otherwise probably unreachable objective. Right. Um, right. You know, but yeah, setting up the magma draw for the counter punch is often a tactic I like to employ. Yeah, so I can kind of see here what it, it, it kind of focuses. So, you, so you got your berserkers. You're you're holding back a unit, or you're you're blocking for a unit. Your orc rune son of the magma draw, who's the other part of that bounty hunters group, comes in and hits something. But then over there, lurking in the darkness, you got your rune father on a magma draw with that damn mm -hmm. axe of Grimner. Yeah, you got that guy. So that you could almost you could almost set it up to where you're going to kind of go nuclear. Did did you do that in 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 any of your games, as, like at AFD, for instance? Oh, I have before. Um, actually, at what well, AFD I did against a very uh, a very skilled um, uh, uh, Bellicor player. Okay. Um, he was playing. Uh, yeah, Legion of uh, Bellicor. Oh, I think it was Mike and... Drafke. I think I believe that it was. Yes, uh, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And um, my rune father was able to just like, because of the control that army is able to exert of preventing you being able to do a whole lot of movement um, because of the Nurgle shenanigans, like that three inch range on that act that he was still cutting down unit after unit every time he activated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I love the list because you have some mobility. 
you know, for, for basically units that are moving four inches, you know, you've got some pretty solid mobility and, you know, like I said, you're, 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 you're tanky. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny for me, I went back and forth with this army because I wasn't sure if I wanted to get into it or not. So I'm almost like, uh, I'm almost like a weirdo. When I see somebody playing it on the table, I'm almost gravitating towards the game. I don't know what it is. I, I, I just really think that, um, that for me, it's interesting because, uh, it's not as noticeable. Like I was saying before about the Daughters of Cain, you can take two different Daughters of Cain players and they're going to play the army uh, <clears throat> almost completely different. But you you don't get quite the same obvious response from two Fire Slayers players. Not necessarily. I, I think the differences are a little bit more subtle. Um, a good example of that is uh, Bill Souza went 5-0 and recently with Fire Slayers. Uh, Lofnir List as well. Okay. So he played... Uh, three rune sons on magma dross in his battle line, um, and bounty hunters, and then put the hearthguard berserkers into uh, expert conquerors. Okay, um, interesting. So, looking at the t- my, these two lists side by side, they may not look a ton different, but the subtle differences are an extreme difference in play style. Okay, yeah. I, I would I would agree with that because you know for me but I think whether it's it, and I do I do know the Bill Souza list you're you're referring to I, I think I saw in Best Coast pairings uh, I think I saw the results of that of that tournament mm. that you're talking about but I to me and maybe this is unfair to way to, to to put it with Fire Slayers but basically to me the army really likes it when someone comes in to brawl with it when, yes. when they get there uh, yes so is it fair to call it a castle army it is a castle that can sally forth. Um, okay. It, it, it can brick up and take some punches, but it can have some turns of explosive movement where it can go get out and get some work done else in other places of the board. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I think, I think the way you've, uh, you've taken the hearth guard, um, with, with the, uh, actually I'm going to say non Galician veterans route, you know, in, in the bounty hunters, mm-hmm. I, I think you, I think you've kind of capitalized on the general philosophy of what, uh, a fire slayer's army should do. I mean, a lot of folks are going to go down the road of taking hearth guard or Galician veterans. They're going to take that route, and right. you know they're 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 going to uh, let yourself get get hit by some bounty hunters and and try to absorb that. Which well, I, I there's think... an important. I, I want to say another important thing too that is a trade off between taking them as Galician veterans and not. Okay. Is your choice of general is actually super important because your rune father has to be the general in order to make them Galician veterans. But the rune master, if if a priest is a general, he can take the and I gave him the uh, trait that I can use one of my runes twice during the battle. Oh wow! And oh that's that, yeah, that's huge. right. That's the um. You're, you're talking about uh, uh, is it? it oh, yeah, I can't think. Master of right priest. Now. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, so. What when you were playing your games? What were some things that you think you're going to change up with this list? I mean, or or do you think is it, is this your staple list? Do you see you see yourself playing this list consistently? So, the issues that I ran into with this list is I just felt like there were some parts of it that were just underperforming a little bit and didn't do exactly what I wanted them to do. Um, and I feel like so I played against a show relatively recently with another uh, version of this list where I put an incarnate in mm-hmm. and. The incarnate gives me some tar- gives my opponent target priority problems because it can react to a lot of situations, and I can put the bonding onto a hero to make my opponent pay 
for killing my hero because then the incarnate gets unless unless I play the incarnate badly. If I play the incarnate badly, then it hurts me. But if my opponent kills that hero, the incarnate gets to run and charge and gets plus one to hit. Okay. 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 Wow. Interesting. Yeah, that was a t- that was a tough list to fight against. So, 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 Kevin, give me a give me an example. Like w- when you were playing your game, where did you find that your army did well, and where did you find it 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 lacked? Like you said, what were your str- what were your it, high and low points? My high points were when I played my castle well, and I hid behind not hid when I bricked, when I ranked up behind my berserkers and responded to the threats when they came at me and i just took objectives as i could and hit the weak flanks and slowly ground my opponent into dust in front of me that was when i was always doing best when i did my worst is when i i fell to the temptation and i'll blame corn for it is sending <laughs> out my magma dross to go deal with a juicy target and they killed it but then I paid for it because now I don't have a counter punch. Ah, okay. All right. Well, and, and I guess that's, that's the risk you take, right? When you, when you, when you play, yeah. when you play that way. So, I mean, so let me go back and ask you the same question I asked Cheryl, what is an army mm-hmm. that you look at when, when, when they get on the table that you would say is your nemesis army? What is one army that you look at and go, ah, man, I'm going to have a, I'm going to, I'm going to have an uphill fight on this one. Uh, DK. Oh, because of the speed, right? The damn eels. The, the Deacon have speed on me. Um, with if they take a Leviadon, they have as much tankiness. They have the they have strong shooting and strong melee. They don't have the durability, but the thing they they're really able to do is snipe out important heroes and weaken me before they hit my lines. And their ability to cap objectives before I can even start to threaten them. Okay. It just really makes it a very difficult game for me. Got it. Got it. Yeah, it's funny. Um, and I, what I like about Fire Slayers is is they're surprising at times. They can do surprising stuff. We we have a, a mm-hmm. guy in our club who who kind of plays Fire Slayers on and off, uh, uh, and and he's pretty good at it. I, I wish he was more consistent. He's pretty good when he when he brings the army out. But I was playing my Beast of Chaos uh, against a game, and and he did. I think it's called. Um, I think it's called Fierce Counterattack, I believe it is. Yes. And it's, yep. it's it's a command ability or something like that, I think, at yes. any rate. So this guy, he issued this uh, command ability. I want to say to, I think it was his Orc Hearthguard, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it was it was crazy because it was at the start of my my combat phase. So in other they words, first. Yep. yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. They have these little things that pop up on you. And, and so I think this is what I was, the point I was trying to make before, but... It, it, it escaped me was a, because not a lot of folks play fire slayers very often. Um, the, the little surprising things that mm. they can do on the tabletop catch really does. It catches people off guard. You know, right. not everyone's going to be familiar with their, their, what are they? The grim wrath oaths and, and things like right. the fierce counterattack and um, what all the different Urgold runes can or cannot do. And, I think that's really right now. I think that's the secret sauce to the success of this army for a lot of players, um, yes. because there was no way I was going to be prepared for that. And I, I think I lost a whole unit of of, of either Vestigors or Gore. I don't remember what it was, but mm-hmm. I lost a unit. And it's like, well, I I wasn't planning on that. So it was it was it's interesting. Definitely- 
and you, you talked earlier about how it's the, the you love the psychological aspect of it and that commandability if your opponent's aware of it is also a really strong psychological weapon too because i was playing a uh, practice game with cheryl and like does she want to charge witch elves into hearthguard berserkers they're gonna fight first okay and they're gonna kill all those witch elves yep <laughs> happened so so that so so you're you're still a little bitter about that, huh, Cheryl? I can I can hear it. Just part of playing dwarves, how it works. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So so Kevin, let me ask you this. Is there is there an opponent like I, I brought up Skaven? You know, is there an opponent mm-hmm. out there that you really love to play? When you when you get your fire slayers on the table, do you just know that win, lose, or draw, you're gonna have a heck of a game. You're gonna love it. I love to play against war clans. Like wow, okay. orcs. Orcs versus dwarves. Not only is it an iconic matchup, it's lore, man. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just a brawl. Like it's always going to be a brawl in the middle of the board, and just whoever is bloodied and left standing, raising their axe in the air, whether it's fire steel or stone or whatever his orcs use, yeah, is that's the victor. And I, I that I I relish that game. Okay, so so let me ask you a, a, a just a one off question here. Gotrick, you know, he's got a big orange mohawk. Mm-hmm. Is he a beast or a bust? What are your thoughts on Gotrick? I like him. Um, he is very difficult to play well. Okay. All right. You're, you know what? I, I, I almost knew that was going to be your answer before you said it, because I think, every, <laughs> no, I, honestly, I think every Gotrick player I've ever spoken to has literally said the same thing in, in, in a very close fashion. Gotrick will win games against bad players by himself. But against a skilled player, you have to play him perfectly because he's too much of your army to make a single error with. Yeah. And I only bring that up because Gotrick fits really well in, I like to call it the uh, the, 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 the the armies that, are, that have a puzzle piece missing. And, I, and I'm going to say that about mm-hmm. Crowds and Overlords. I think they have a puzzle piece missing. Yes. I think, I think, Eidneth, I think, Eidneth, I mean, um, uh, I think, uh, Cities of Sigmar have some puzzles missing you know, in, in, in mm. their book. Of course, it's older now, so it's a little unfair to say. But um, sure. you, you can plug in Gotrick, and he does fairly well with these armies. But uh, an army like Fire Slayers, you don't really need him. No, I don't think so. I, I, I think I, you can stand well enough on your own without those, I call them super characters. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I, he, I prefer the Incarnate over Gotrick. Um, sure, 400 the points, incarnate yeah. just the, he's less points, and the incarnate brings more speed. Um, some reroll buffs, some you know, I can reroll runs. I can. Um, it, it just brings a lot more, like extending my threat to the table. Gotrek just kind of adds more of the same. Okay, all right. I like the way you put that. You know what? And 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 I really like the way that you kind of you kind of took Gotrek off the pedestal that I think I was trying to do for a long time. I, I never really understood it. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, but I, I, I like the way you put that, um, you know, especially with an army like fire slayers, you can get on without him. So, so here's my question to you. I mean, with fire slayers, you obviously know the army very well. If somebody wanted to come in and they want to play fire slayers right off the cuff, brand new, what advice would you give them? I would say stock up on Hearthguard berserkers, either version, either with the, the axe or the, the, the pole axe and, Get yourself a Rune Father, preferably on a Magma Droth, and have a good time learning the army with the, with those units. Like, those are going to be the core of your army, most likely for the good part of your Fire Slayer career. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just have a blast with those units because those are like 
the bread and butter of what makes fire slayers a really great army. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Kevin, Cheryl, thank you so much for, for sharing, you know, your experiences with both daughters of Cain and fire slayers. You guys are awesome people. And I mean that, I mean that I'm so happy that this hobby has forged our friendship. You guys are really fantastic people. And I'm saying that because I, you guys are my friends. I really, really think the world of you guys. I'm looking forward to getting out to South Bend, playing some games and, and just really building the community together. Mm -hmm. And it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, I, I, I don't doubt it at all. I do not doubt it at all. So here it is. We got that point of the show uh, where we've uh, we've come to the end of the topic, and we're gonna we're gonna turn it over to you guys for the for the closing thoughts. Now I know that I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of throwing one at you here, but uh, you guys ready mm-hmm. for the closing thoughts? Yeah, let's do it. All right, it's to you. Here it is. All right. Well, as much as like this hobby is an, such an important part of my life, at the end of the day, I just have to remember that as toy soldiers. And that the the games on the table really don't matter all that much. What's really important is a community and the friendships that are forged through it and the things that we all experience together and enjoy together. Uh, win, lose, or draw, it doesn't matter. It's the, the community is the thing that, that really makes this game worth playing. I agree. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for being with us. And that's a great show, man. And, you, and there's, there's not a better way to wrap it up than that. So Cheryl, Kevin... Thank you very much for being with us tonight. Welcome. It's been a pleasure. Welcome. Thank you. Absolutely. And and folks, until we meet up again, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a freaking short pants. Oh, and by the way, get out there to South Bend, get some games in, and don't forget about these awesome games coming up with the South Bend Age of Sigmar crew. And uh, we're going to be invading South Bend ourselves here real soon. But Come uh, on. Bring it. We're, 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 we'll, we'll be there. So, guys, thank you very much. Have a great night, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Good night. Good night. Night. Grimdark Live would like to thank you for slumming through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Short pants.